Do you know that what you do matters? A lot of times we think, I guess, God is in control. This is His world. He started the snowball downhill. And things, we just don't matter all that much. That's not true. You matter a lot. The things that you do matter a lot. What you do matters. Now, um, you might think I'm talking about for your salvation. And I am. There is a degree of that, obviously, that what you do determines your salvation, your belief in Christ. But I'm not talking about the things that, I, that would kick you in or out of heaven. My assumption is you're a part of the kingdom of heaven. That's probably why you're here. You're a follower of Jesus. And you want to live for him. And uh, that's been the desire of your life. And so, now here you are in the kingdom. And what you do matters. If you act, it will have an impact. If you do not act, that will have an impact. I'm not saying that you have the ability to thwart the almighty plans of God. But you do. He's given you that option and that choice. That's the significance that you have in the kingdom of heaven. You matter, and what you do matters. Now, um, if I told you that you had great power, it's a scary thing. Most of the men will relate to this, and some of you women will relate to this. When you were a kid and you used a wrench or something, you could put everything you had into it and maybe the nut or bolt would move or maybe it wouldn't. But as you got older and you got stronger, you had to start holding back a little bit. Because if you put everything you had into it, you would break the bolt off. Right? Can you relate to that? So it's like you have all of this power but you have to keep the power under control because it's dangerous to be powerful. You are dangerous. The power that you have must be wisely used because it can do much for good or much for harm because you have power. In uh, huh. There we go. Oh, this is the right place. I was lost. My notes weren't wrong. I was wrong. Imagine that. Here's some of the ways that you have great impact. Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. What this verse is saying is what you do matters. If you judge people, you're going to be judged. If you don't judge people, you won't be judged. If you condemn others, then you will be condemned as well. And if you give, you'll get things back. Cause and effect. Or another word for that is there's a way things work. 
when you do things it has an impact you know back to the to the nut and wrench story righty tighty lefty loosey you keep going righty breaks off the way things work you want to take the nut off you have to go the other direction you can try as hard as you want to to the right but that won't remove the nut it will break the bolt there's a way things work what you do matters and you have great power in Ephesians chapter 1 I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe so the prayer is that the eyes of your heart would be open so that you'd know three things one is that you would know hope to which he has called you two is that you would know the riches of his glorious inheritance and three that you would know the incomparably great power for us who believe now regarding this power many of us shut the engine to the power off because we've seen the power and it's dangerous when they're digging with an excavator and they're getting close to the fiber optic cable they stop and they get in there with a shovel and start pecking around because they don't want to break the cable right well most of us have realized the excavator is dangerous so we've gone to the shovel or maybe we're down with our fingers or quite possibly we're sitting on a chair looking down in the hole wishing the dirt would move. Can you relate to that? God has given you great power. And you know I'm setting you up here. Laying the, laying the groundwork here to say you have great power. This is not Tony saying you have great power. In fact, Paul in Ephesians prayed that the eyes of your heart would be open so that you would know that you have great power. And that's my prayer for you today too. That God would open the eyes of your heart so that you would know how much power you have. A lot of times when our hair's on fire, we run around in circle throwing our hands up in the air saying, What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the fact that we're running around usually flams, fans the flames on our hair and makes the fire worse. You have been given great power. You have great power. Incomparably great power. Um, one of the ways that power manifests itself is in Proverbs 18.21 the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit with your mouth you have the power to bring life and you have the power to bring death with your mouth See, we are created in the image of God. I'm not God, but I'm created in His image. That means I'm like Him. You know how God created the world? Jesus Christ, the Word, spoke things into being. The power of words is incredible. With your tongue, the tongue has power of life and death. Now our enemy has convinced us that we're inconsequential and what we do doesn't matter. And a lot of times as little kids we run our mouths a lot and we grow up and we don't grow up and we continue to run our mouths a lot and we say lots of things that we probably shouldn't say. The words you speak have power. 
I hate you. You feel that? I didn't mean it. I was just using that as an example, okay? <laughs> I didn't mean that at all. I love you. You feel the power of that? Now, some of us love that power, right? And that's what the second part of this says. Those who love it will eat of its fruit. Uh, better be silent and thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Or with many words, right, comes much folly. We can say lots of things. And I know if you think about this for a minute, this is not news to any of us. We know the power of words. We know the impact it has on someone when we lie to them. And we know the impact it has on people when we say the truth. We know that. We, we know what it's like to say words like, I hate you. I wish you were dead. I can't stand you. Right? That has great power. Have you ever heard those words? <laughs> wow. It's like, it's, I would much rather you punch me in the mouth, literally, than tell me you hate me. It's much easier to recover from. In a couple of days, my fat lip will heal back up and life will go on. But those words, the power the tongue has to bring life and death, can do much damage. Now, let me show you in Mark chapter 11 an example of this. This is Jesus and the disciples. The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Jesus went over to a fig tree to get some figs off the tree, and there weren't any figs on the tree. Now, there's a good reason that there weren't figs on the tree, because it wasn't fig season. But Jesus cursed the tree. I don't know why Jesus cursed the tree. I don't know if he was angry, having a bad day, got out of the wrong side of the cot that morning. I don't know what happened. I think it was probably just to point an example to the disciples. But he cursed this fig tree and they heard him say it. No one ever eat fruit from you again. In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look! The fig tree you cursed has withered. The next morning... They walked by that same fig tree and now it wasn't all green and leafy without figs. It was withered from the roots. It's like a dead bush. How did Jesus do that? With his words? He cursed the fig tree and the fig tree withered. Isn't that an amazing thing? What have you cursed? See, the funny thing about words is when in Sunday school, 
we always talked about cursing. And you know what we meant back then? The seven words you can't say on TV. Don't say this word and don't say that word and don't say that word. And there may be some merit in that. I don't know. I, I quite frankly not convinced there's any in it. Because I think what the Bible is talking about when it says you shouldn't curse is you shouldn't put a curse on somebody. Now, we don't often, you know, rub things together and make a boiling hot cauldron to catch a, cast a spell on someone. But we curse things all the time. Right? Well, that's a stupid idea. That won't work. Just curse somebody. Realize that? The power of your words? That car won't make it home. Thought about the power of your words? That marriage will never last. <laughs> I know this is dangerous ground, I'm sorry. Play some, play some words back in your head that you've spoken to other people. And listen to what you've said to them. The father who says, that boy's no good. He'll never amount to anything. That's a curse. See? The Bible says, don't curse. You know why the Bible doesn't want you to curse? Because it has an impact on things. It matters. It's not idle chit-chat. It's a curse. Jesus cursed a fig tree. What happened to the fig tree? It withered. Now, yeah, but that was Jesus. That's not me. Look at Jesus' response to Peter saying, Oh, look, it's withered. <clears throat> Jesus says, Have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. You all know this verse about moving mountains. Did you know it came right after Jesus had cursed the fig tree? When he talked about the power of your words? You want the mountain moved over? How do you move a mountain? You speak. The power of your words is incredible. Now, it might be best for some of us to just never speak again. That's not the point of my sermon. <laughs> but your words matter. Have a little faith here, Jesus says to Peter. Come on, Peter, have faith in God. Of course, if Jesus withers a fig, curses a fig tree, it will wither. And Peter, if you say to the mountain, move one to the left, the mountain moves. Um, you have the power in your mouth to curse things and have them wither. But you also have the power in your mouth to bring life. I didn't list one example. There's so many of the times of when Jesus said something and it was a blessing or lie. Rise and walk. Open your eyes and see. Come forth. Jesus spoke words of life all the time. He would lay his hands, he would speak with his mouth, and things would happen. 
he would say things like it is as you have said boom it would be done he did not have to be present to raise somebody from the dead or to heal the sick he just had to speak we're like that now thankfully we are not God and not that every word I say immediately happens or comes true I'm not saying that you can cause someone to get divorced but you can contribute with your words right do you think that there are people who have cursed you there are you think it has an impact on you it does <laughs> do you think maybe we should break those curses and judgments that have been placed on us it has an impact and then do you think maybe what we say should be processed a little bit more before we say it so what's coming out of your mouth Luke 6 no good tree bears bad fruit nor does a bad tree bear good fruit each tree is recognized by its own fruit people do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of ouch doesn't that pinch you like it pinches me those things I said that's the overflow of my heart one of the Proverbs, or maybe it's Psalm, says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What's in your heart? It's what's coming out of your mouth. What's coming out of your mouth? That's what's in your heart. What do you do about that? Well, there's one remedy for your heart. And that's Jesus. Jesus is the healer of the broken heart. Jesus is the one who binds up the broken heart and sets the captives free. Jesus is the one who replaces our heart of stone and gives us a living heart of flesh that he has written his commands on. Jesus is the one that changes our heart. If you're having trouble with your mouth, if you're having trouble with blessings and cursings, the only striving to do is strive to be closer to Jesus and oneness with Him. And realize and believe, have the eyes of your heart open so that you can know what Jesus has done to your heart. You cannot change the kind of tree you are. Jesus does that. He changes the kind of tree you are. You used to be a dead tree in Adam. And then because of Jesus, you became a live tree, holy and good. The Bible talks a lot about the heart. In Isaiah, it says the heart is terribly wicked. And it is full of no good thing. And so that causes many Christians to kill their heart. It's not try to live from their heart. Because it's, it's wicked and bad. The good news is Jesus replaces that heart and gives us a good heart. 
And the good words that come out of your mouth are the overflow of the heart of the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. It's put there by faith in Jesus and by Jesus, not by me. Um, I didn't want to go here, but dang it, here it is anyway. Matthew 12, that same passage says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. your words matter? They do matter. They might be empty, but they're still powerful. Um, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I just want you to be aware that your words matter. What you say matters. You will give account. Uh, what in the world are we going to say on that day? I already have a plan for that day for me. I'm going to just say Jesus. Tony, why did you say, Jesus, help me? That's my only defense, right? that my every sin is forgiven. He's washed me white as snow. I, I can apologize. I can be sorry. I can give you 20 bucks. Won't unring the bell, will it? I can't eat my words and unsay them once I've said them. <clears throat> I can beg your forgiveness and say I didn't mean it. And, and you might be gracious and kind and able to forgive me. But it doesn't undo the damage of my words, does it? Ah, oh boy. What do we do with our mouths? It's like James says, who can tame the tongue? You cannot tame the tongue. It's a heart issue. you got to spend time with Jesus letting him heal you and train you and raise you up as you commit yourself and walk faithfully with him becoming one with him that changes a man's heart and that changes the words that come out of your mouth so you have all this power I don't know who did this PowerPoint for me yesterday, but they weren't thinking clear. <laughs> Romans uh, 12 or Romans 15, somewhere in the middle of it, where it's talking about what love looks like. It says something about our enemies and how we should treat our enemies. That we should bless them and not curse them? <laughs> How much more should we treat our loved ones by blessing them 
and not cursing them. Do you bless people? It was a big deal in the Old Testament, right, for the father to bless his sons. Do you know that, that that's kind of what we're called to do now, to bless? Do you know what that even looks like, to bless someone? There's one concept of it that after I'm with you and then I leave that you felt blessed by our time together. And that's one concept and one idea of what a blessing looks like. Like, I brought you over a nice warm pan of brownies and we had a good chat and you felt good about that and I left and then you were blessed by me. That's not what I'm talking about here. Although I'm not opposed to that. It's with my mouth that I bless you. So someone comes to you with this new business plan they want to start. I've had this experience more than once. And I start talking to my friends about my business plan. Do you know what the common response is? Oh, that's a dumb idea. That won't work. Right? Now, maybe that's your perspective and maybe it's right. But if the command is to bless someone, why don't you say something like, I hope God is with you in everything you do. I hope that goes well for you. Why not blessing someone, right? By the power of Jesus in me with my words to speak good over somebody else's life. I hope you love your wife well today. May you work hard at your job. I pray that you get good grades on your test. Blessing someone. That's very powerful. Right? Or someone comes up to you and say, I love the way that you, whatever it is they do, by blessing them. I see God at work in your life when I see it's blessing someone. It's very motivating, it's very uplifting. And it's the command of Scripture that we bless, even our enemies. See, what happens a lot of times is somebody will do something to me and it makes me mad and hurts my feelings and all those things. And then I murmur, or worse, about what I wish would happen to them. Right? I hope they get fired. That's a curse. See? I hope they get what they deserve. Another curse. See what I'm talking about? This mouth we have is so powerful. We can bless with it and we can curse with it. And that looks like salt water and fresh water coming from the same spring. And that's not supposed to happen. We have great power with our words. In Proverbs 12, verse 18, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. With your words, you can pierce someone's heart. You can wound them. Maybe even break them with your words. Or same tongue 
You can bring healing. People can be healed by your mouth. Isn't that an incredible thing? The choice, which will you do? Will you pierce like a sword? Now, as we studied and looked at Jesus many, many times, Jesus said some of the kindest words that were ever said. And Jesus also said some of the harshest words that have ever been said. I'm not saying that every word that comes out of your mouth has to be fairy dust and unicorns. You can speak the hard truth. It's appropriate. Not as a curse, but as a blessing. So that you can heal. With a sword, you can take somebody and kill them by piercing their heart. And with that same blade, you can cut out a tumor and save their life. Wouldn't that be a blessing? I'm not saying you can't say hard words and you cannot say the truth. I'm not saying you always have to smile and say, well, good day. You can say the truth. You can bless somebody with hard truth. If you continue to do that, you will reap the rewards of that. It's a hard word to say to somebody, right? But you can bless somebody with the truth even though it hurts. Because it will bring healing. What's the intent of what you're trying to say? Now, I'm about ready to wrap this up, but I've got to throw this piece in. Many times, people have been offended by something I've said. Sometimes, it was my intention to offend them. But not usually. Can you relate to that? That usually, I didn't mean to offend somebody, but I did offend them. There is no way in the world you can be responsible and accountable to never offend someone. Okay? So the goal here is not to, to not offend anything like that because you can't control that. I can't control what you hear when I speak. I can only control what I speak. Not what you hear. So, set yourself up a little bit and take a rest. Yes, you probably offended lots of people. And sometimes you meant to. And for when you meant to, you need to apologize and confess what you did. The rest of the times, I'm sorry. You thought you heard what I thought I meant, right? I can't be... I can be for what's in my heart and what comes out of my mouth. That's what I'm responsible for. What I say. You get to choose. Will you be the reckless one, the foolish one, whose words will pierce like a sword? Or will you be the wise one who uses words to bring healing? Will you be a blessing to someone? Or will you curse them? two choices. Many, many things of the kingdom are so complex that I can't understand it. I can't even get it in my head, right? There's so many things that God is such, so much greater than I. This is not one of those things. There's option A, there's option B. 
which will you choose? Will you recklessly pierce with your words or will you bring healing? It's your choice. It's up to you. You get to decide what words come out of your mouth. You are the master of your tongue. I know. I wish I wasn't. So, Jesus said that he only said what the Father told him to say. I pray that too. Jesus, I only want to say the words that you give me to say. Now, I, I don't. I say other things. But that's my prayer. I would only say what the Father has given me to say. Nothing else. Controlling my tongue by the overflow of my heart. It really is. It's a heart issue. It starts in your heart. You can't act consistently and speak consistently different than what's in your heart. And if in your heart is cursing, then that's what will come out of your mouth. But if in your heart is the love that Jesus has for your fellow man, then out of your mouth will come blessing. And you can try, you know, putting the bridle on the tongue and duct tape over your mouth. and You can do all those things. It's worthless striving. The issues in your heart. So, is there somebody right now that comes to mind when we talk about cursing? Somebody that you just, uh, let's see, we're at church, so we would say it like this. We just really don't care for them. Maybe the prayer today is that Jesus would give you his heart of love for that person. For that person that has offended you, your enemy, that you would love them. The neighbor that you don't even know, that you would love them. The people in your house that you live with all the time, that you would love them. The way of the world is, if you're lovely to me, then I'll love you back. If you're respectful to me, then I will respect you. And if you're kind to me, then I'll be kind to you. And if you do that, good for you, even the heathens do that. For the followers of Jesus, none of that stuff matters. It all starts here with my heart. Whether you're kind to me or unkind to me. Whether you're respectful to me or, un- or disrespectful to me. Whether you love me or you hate me. Whether you do good to me or you do harm to me. My response to you is supposed to come from my heart. The love that Jesus gives me, I'm supposed to give that to you. In that same passage in, in Romans, it says that we should pray for them and do good to them. And in so doing, we'll heap coals on their head. Aha! We get to get even. No, that's not what that means. They'll have an opportunity to repent is what it means. Because you don't overcome evil with evil. You overcome evil with good. So we look around in the world and we see hate. 
you know, riots and it's it's awful. It's awful, right? I, I've I've had to quit watching and listening to all the news and stuff because there's too much hate. I just can't take it. I can't take it. That's too much of a negative impact on me. It makes me want to join in and hate. So I've I've had to say I can't listen to that and back out of that. Because as somebody who's in the kingdom of heaven, as a child of God, as somebody who is loved by God, it is my duty and my obligation and my desire to love everyone. Whether they agree with me on politics or whether they're stupid about politics. Doesn't matter, right? It's that I love them. Whether, whether they like Donald Trump or they hate Donald Trump. My obligation is to love them, to bless them. If they think black lives matter, or blue lives matter, or pink lives matter, or I don't care what lives matter. I'm in. Lives matter. And I love them. And I don't care if they're North Korean, or Chinese, or Afghanistan, or Iraqi. Love is the call. Can you bless your enemy? Jesus wants us to. Jesus demands that we do. Because with our words, we'll either pierce like a sword, or we'll bring healing. Maybe I should go back to that verse. Was there a third option? Because I don't see the third option. Do you? That I can just blah, 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 and it won't have any impact. That didn't get listed here, did it? The, the two options are the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. A or B. Which will you? What will your words bring? Will the love of Jesus flow out of your heart and bring blessing to those you come in contact with? Or will the evil overflow? And bring cursing. Totally your call. This is the amazing thing about God. <laughs> Would you give a flamethrower to a two-year-old? No, that's too dangerous. That's kind of the picture I get of what God has given us. He's given us all the power in our mouths. And just let us babble on all we want to. I'm so grateful for his love. And sometimes I wish he'd take all this power away from me so it didn't matter. But that's such a childish view, isn't it? Instead of being a man, a woman, a king and a queen, that I have authority and power, that what I do matters, the words I speak have an impact on everybody, it matters what I do and what I say. And by the power of God and the love of Jesus in my heart, I can bless those that I come in contact with because of Jesus Christ, not because of me. And that's what I choose to do. And when I fail, I confess and repent to Jesus and go at it again. That's the taming of the tongue. By the power of Jesus' love in my heart. And I can express the blessings that overflow from my heart. Jesus, we thank you for the way you love us. 
Oh my, overwhelmed by the power, the incomparably great power that you have given us. And we see this power at work in our tongues. Oh, Jesus, guard our hearts. Help us to fill them with the good things from you. That the overflow of our hearts would be blessing and not cursing. Father, we confess that many times, too many times, we have cursed when we should have blessed. We uh, seek your forgiveness and repent from that. That's not the kind of people we are. We are the people of your kingdom. We're holy people. And we love you and you love us. So Jesus, give us your heart of love towards everyone, especially our enemies. We pray it in your name. Amen.